return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I pray that you'll be blessed this morning by this message, I know that you know, when, whenever anybody speaks, it's the Holy Spirit. The goal is the Holy Spirit to speak through. Amen. And so, um, you know, you guys are here not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not because of Pastor Dave, but because of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He guides us. He leads us into all truth. Amen. And this morning, I want to talk about patience. Um, something I think is very important just in our personal lives and in our ministries, you know, in our ministries, you deal, we deal with people. You know, at your job, you deal with people. Amen. Um, if you're witnessing, you have to deal with people. Hallelujah. So, so patience is such an important thing um, in our personal lives and in our ministry. Amen. And two things the Bible says that we need to do is we need to love and we need to bear good fruit. And patience is a part of both of those. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says that love is patient and kind. Amen. So if love is patient, that means God is patient. We want to imitate Jesus Christ. Amen. And so love is patient. So if we want to love somebody, it means that we're being patient with them as well. Galatians 5.22 and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these uh, things there is no law. And so, the fruit of the Spirit, the things that we want to continue to grow in our lives, amen, um, part of that is patience. We want to continue to grow our patience. And, you know, patience kind of goes along with um, being slow to anger, having a short temper, or not a short temper, a long temper, (laughs) having temperance, amen. And the opposite, the antonym of that is having a short temper, being easily angered. And, you know, I think... It, just just looking at different people and in my own life, um, being short-tempered is one of the one of the biggest things that people have to deal with. Because you know, if you heard the phrase, "Well, they're really wearing on my patience." Amen. There's different experiences in life that we go through that will test your patience. That will test. Okay, am I gonna am I gonna react quickly to this? Am I gonna be slow to anger? Or am I gonna be hot with anger? with this thing, whatever it is. As you become, you know, when you get married and have children, that the patients may be even uh, more uh, tempted 
We might be more tempted to lash out or to do things. But it's important to keep our anger, keep our patience under control. Amen. Amen. And so anything that is mentioned in direct correlation with love and fruit, I think is something we need to look at in our own lives. It's not only patience. You know, it's only with patience we can run a good race towards the promises that God has for us as well. Amen. And the ultimate promise of eternal life. Because we can't, unless the rapture happens today, unless we get taken up with the Lord, we're not going to go to heaven today. Amen? It's not, we're not going to just be translated into heaven. We have to be patient. It says that we have to wait for the hope of his calling. Amen? What has he called us to? Well, he's called us to preach the gospel. I mean, he's called us to witness to people. Amen? And so while we're waiting for the Lord, while we're waiting to meet him and have eternal life, there's these things that we do on earth, amen, that help us. And, and waiting isn't just we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs, not doing anything, we're just waiting and we're waiting. You know, I, um, a friend of mine when I was, I think I've told the story before, but when I first came to college, right before I came, um, a friend of mine who was a year older than me um, drowned in a gravel pit. And I was so, when I came to school, I was so depressed because of it. And uh, I, I, got the, I got the picture of like I was waiting in the waiting room, waiting to go into the doctor's office. So I, basically I was just waiting to live my life and die. You know, I wanted, you know, I was just, it was so bad. And, and it was like that for maybe two months. And uh, the Lord, the first sermon that he gave me after that was on purpose of all things. And he just showed me that, no, you're not just waiting in life. You're not just waiting for something else to happen. Amen. Be active with what you're doing. Be active every single day. Amen. And, and have a purpose. We all have a purpose in life. Amen. We don't have to be down. We don't have to be depressed or discouraged. Because Jesus already told us that, that, one, we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made. He made us unique. He loves us each individually. Amen. But he also told us that our purpose is to go out and to preach the gospel. And if we don't do that, people won't hear. Amen. And so we want to make sure that, that every single day we're active. You know, faith is an act. Amen. So when we put our faith in Jesus, amen, it's not like we put our faith, it's not like I can say, you know, Lord, give me a new car, and it's just going to appear without me doing anything. No, what I have to do, I have to save. I have to go to the dealership. I have to maybe talk to a bank to see what kind of a loan I could get. Amen. I have to put my faith into action. Amen. If we look at Hebrews 6, 11, it says, uh, 11 and 12, it says, And we desire that each one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. So it says, don't become sluggish. Don't just sit around and wait for things to happen. But imitate, imitate those through faith and patience. Pastor Dave always calls them the power twins. Faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen? So we really need patience every day. To show love, we have to have patience. To bear good fruit, we have to have patience. Amen? We bear patience. And to trust that God's promises will pass, we have to be patient and we have to know that, okay, I don't see them right now. I don't see these promises right now. What you've told me about this healing, I don't see it right now, but I'm going to hold on to you. 
I'm going to be patient. I'm going to continue to live my life for you until that promise comes to pass. Amen. 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 Because there's a lot of things that, that Jesus promised us that already happened on the cross. Amen. So even though it doesn't look like we physically have this healing or we physically have this prosperity or whatever it is, it doesn't mean he hasn't already done it for you. Amen. Amen. We were saved. That Greek word saved is sozo, which means healed. It means set free. It means delivered. Amen. Amen. If there's a vice in your life, if there's a habit that you just you just feel like you can't kick, know that Jesus already took that habit on the cross. He already delivered you from that. Amen. And so we need to, every day, get in the word. Amen. Be in prayer. Thank God for the answer. Amen. Instead of saying, oh, when is it going to come? Thank the Lord for the answer. Hallelujah. Just think of Joseph when he was 17. The Lord gave him the vision of leading his family. For 13 years, he waited for that promise to come to pass. Went through a lot of trials, went through a lot of tribulation. But it built his patience. It built his faith. Every, every trial, he said, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to continue to be a light for, for the Lord. Amen. Because his faith never failed him. The Bible doesn't say as he went through these tribulations for 13 years. Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies who came back from the land of Canaan with a good report, saying, we can take this. We are well able with the Lord on our side. And they waited 40 years to go into that land that God had already given them. They, that they knew that they had. They knew that we can take this land. They're not so tough without, you know, we're, we're tougher than they are without, with God. Amen. But they had to wait 40 years. Not because of any fault of their own. They didn't do anything wrong, right? But they had to wait 40 years. They had to be, I'm sure, could you imagine walking in the wilderness for 40 years knowing that you can take this land and nobody agrees with you? And you have to wait because of, because of what they did. You have to wait 40 years to get in. Now, you know, how long do you get to enjoy it? Well, they weren't thinking about that. They just knew what Jesus, what God had, not Jesus, what God had promised them. Amen. And they were ready to take it. Abraham was 75 when God, called, when God called him out of his hometown and told him that he and his wife would have a son. It was 25 years when Isaac was born. So he was 100 years old when Isaac was born. I, I preached a sermon on this before, but, you know, Abraham, what happened? He became impatient. He thought, well, God's not doing anything. I might as well take matters into my own. Him and Sarah, I might as well take matters into our own hands. What happened? Ishmael was born. You know, um, the Lord gave me a sermon a couple years ago just as far as looking for a house. The Lord just told me, why are you setting on your Ishmael when I've promised you Isaac? Amen. Don't settle for an Ishmael in your life. Don't settle for an Ishmael in your job. Amen. Trust that the Lord will provide what you want. Amen. It says in the Bible, he gives us the desires of our hearts. Amen. And we use those things for his glory, for his will. We don't know David's actual age, but he was anointed by Samuel. One of the references said he was probably between 10 and 15 years old, that I read. He was 30 when he actually sat on the throne. When he was anointed king, he was a youth. He was in his youth. When he slayed Goliath, he was young. He shouldn't have been out there, according to all, you know, in the natural, but he was out there. What did he do? He stayed patient. 
I mean, he, he, he knew that God had called him to be king, right? And throughout the 15 years, however long he lived, you know, in, in complete fear that he was going to be killed by Saul... Now, we can't control, hallelujah, we can't control what uh, happens in our life. There are some things that we just can't control. Amen. There's some things that come along for whatever reason, you know, and they mess up our perfect plan. When I was was thinking about going into the ministry back in 2007, when I felt the Lord called me to the ministry, uh, full-time ministry, I said, all right, let's go. I want to do it now. I want to go to, you know, my, my dad was a pastor, my grandpa was a pastor. They both went to Ramah, and uh, I was, wanted to go to Ramah. I was like, all right, that's, that's the plan that God has for me. Of course, I didn't consult God on it. I just said, this is the God's plan for me. I'm going to do this. Well, some things happened that I didn't control, that God didn't control, amen, but just some things that, that you know, Satan had a different, <laughs> he had a different agenda for me. But I tell you what. I look back and I say, I can see that, okay, I didn't, make a, I didn't make a rush to judgment here. I didn't do this just because I thought I should. And yeah, there were circumstances that prevented those things. But I look back and I thought, wow, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm where I'm at right now. Because I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in if I would have done all these things without consulting the Lord. Amen. It's not that he doesn't want you to have good things. It's not that he doesn't want you to have his promises. But there are times where we need to wait for those things to happen. Patience is a fruit that we have to grow. It comes through experiences where we have to wait. My mom used to, when I used to be impatient when I was younger, she used to sing a song, Be patient, be patient, don't be in such a hurry. Because when you're, I'm not going to sing it. Because when you're impatient, you're going to start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when people have to wait for you. Amen? So when you're impatient with somebody, just think, okay. How do I want, you know, the Bible says that we want to treat others how we want to be treated. Amen? So if we show patience to somebody, we're going to reap patience from others. Amen? If we show love to somebody, we're going to reap love from others. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Experiences where we have to persevere. Paul says to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, trials test our faith. Trials test our patience. James 5, 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You know, fruit doesn't just grow all at once. 
It's not like you plant the seed and then the next day you have a full-grown fruit. It's not like you plant a corn seed and then the next day it's fully grown um, corn husk. Amen? Amen? It takes time. But the farmer nurtures it. He waters it. He takes care of it. Amen? And after a certain amount of time, it becomes full-grown. With all the fruits of the Spirit I just lifted, you know, because fruit, again, it doesn't, you don't just get fruit and it's like, you know, you don't just get a seed and then all of a sudden it becomes a, a fruit, something you need. Amen. It takes time and it takes it takes nurturing and it takes watering. Amen. With with our patience, with our kindness, amen, with our self-control, all those things, they take time. Amen. We can't expect to do it all at once. God doesn't expect it expect us to be perfect in it all at once. Amen. Hallelujah. Likewise, if you plant a seed in somebody's life, it's not going to grow just all at once. Amen. Be patient with other people. If they don't receive it right away, continue to show love, continue to show grace, continue to show encouragement. Amen. On your job, if you're training somebody, if you're in a, in a position where you have to train, and the employee is just not getting it, I've been there. I've probably been there on the other end, too, where I'm just not getting it. But show patience. Amen. What does the Bible say? The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. So the, the more we can mature the fruit in our lives and the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, people will know us by our fruit. Amen. He'll know. People will know, okay, well, this, this person, you know, he really has a lot of self-control. I wonder why. I wonder how, how did he do that? I mean, I've asked people multiple times, you know, things that I'm struggling with. I'll say, you know, how do you keep this under control? What do you, what do you do? What's the secret? Amen. And our answer as Christians is, well, trust in the Lord. Jesus Christ is the answer. Amen. Hallelujah. We reap what we sow. If we sow patience, we'll reap patience. Second Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. It's easy to get frustrated with people if they're not, you know, getting at how you want them to get it. Amen. Some of you have family members that that haven't that you've been witnessing to for years and they haven't gotten saved, and I'm sure it gets frustrating as as you go through the years. But just be patient. Just continue to show love. Amen. Life is a process. You know, when a, when a baby is born, they can't automatically tie their shoes, walk, talk. They can't do any of that, right? But through life, and as they get older, and they have experiences, they see other people do it, through trial and error, okay, they start to crawl, and then they start to walk. Amen? All of us at one point couldn't walk. All of us at one point couldn't talk. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a process. You know, I think a, a lot of times God uses, you know, Jesus used a ton of parables when he was preaching to people. He wanted to make it easy to understand. The Lord uses life and, and, and different things that happen in life to teach us spiritual, spirituality, to teach us how we should be spiritually. Amen. That's why, you know, we don't, we don't come out of the womb 150 pounds. No, we don't do that. Amen. Life is a process. We continue to grow. Amen. We grow spiritually every day. 
want to be patient with others. Jesus was very patient with the disciples. Amen. For three and a half years, Jesus taught. They still didn't really get it. Amen. Even at the end, they're like, well, what do you mean you're going away? Where are you going? He's like, I told you this. Amen. Jesus had to actually stay on earth and continue to teach. He rose from the dead and he had to hang out with them for a little bit, a little bit longer because they were like, well, let's go fishing. You know, let's, let's pick up our old jobs again because he's obviously gone. What happened? You know, he stayed patient with him. He's like, okay, I gotta be, I'm going to be back on the earth for a little while longer. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to be with them. Amen. He comes back to show him the nails on his hands and the, and the uh, cut in his side. Amen. To prove them to him that, or to them that he was resurrected. And then on, in Matthew 28:17, he told them to go to the mountain for his ascension. And it says that when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So he had showed them all this, all these things. He had told them what was to come, and still, even before he ascended, some doubted him. Some doubted, is this really, is this really happening? Is he really being truthful? All through his teachings and miracles, the doubt and unbelief of the disciples, Jesus was patient. He never lashed out at them. Amen? He always acted like, like okay, you know, always believed that they're going to get it the next time. <laughs> Amen? He didn't give up on them. He didn't say, I quit. I'm not going to the cross. They're not getting it. Right? No, he's patient with them. He continued to nurture them, and he continued to show them things. And he continued to explain his parables. He didn't say, well, if you don't get it, you're just, I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to get it. If you don't get it now, you're not going to get it later. Right? If you have a spouse, be patient with your spouse. There's a reason the love dare and fireproof is 40 days and not four. Amen? Because why? People don't change overnight. It's a process. Amen? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Life is a marathon. Every day we, we continue to get better. Amen? There's a reason we have decades and years and months, days, hours, minutes, and seconds. That's how we measure time on this earth. That's how we measure progress. Amen? We take one step at a time. If we make the most of the seconds, minutes, and days, we're going to look back on the months and the years and the decades, and it's going to be good. Amen? You're going to have great months and years and decades. But we have to take care of the second first. Then we have to take care of the minute. Then we have to take care of the day. Amen? That's the process. Hallelujah. And, you know, it sounds, it's a lot. I mean, you think of, wow, every second I should be looking at what I'm doing. But I tell you what, we live through God's grace. Amen. Amen. So if you pray and you trust the Lord that he gives us the grace, because it says in the Bible that his grace is sufficient for us. Amen. Um, so if you trust in his grace, then you will, are well able to take a day. You are well able to, to live for him your whole life. Amen. And then another important part of patience is being patient with yourself. Amen. So we're patient with God. We know that he's never late, never early. We're patient with others. But you want to be patient with yourself. Pastor Dave, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, talked about um, just how we speak to ourselves and how we talk to ourselves. And um, it's easy to, if you get something wrong, to be down on yourself and, wow, that was stupid. And, you know, just call yourself names. I've 
I've done that. But we want to be patient with ourselves. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we ask for wisdom in situations and different things that we go through. I mean, again, it's not going to happen overnight, but every single day, Lord, give me wisdom to tackle this project. Give me wisdom to make this decision. Amen. If you feel like the Lord's speaking to you about a certain area in your life and you just can't seem to get it right, be patient. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Wait for the answer. Amen. We're in a society right now where you can get everything at the, you know, everything's at the tip of your fingers. You know, um, when I was growing up, I had to wait, you know, this is a, a very minor, minuscule example. I love sports, but I had to wait the next morning to see what the scores were. Now I can I have real-time GameCast. I can watch the game on my phone. It's pretty amazing. What has it done? I believe it's created a society, a society that's very impatient. When we have everything that we want, when we have everything that we need, it's easy just to you know, think everything should be like that. Well, that's not, that's not how the Lord works. Amen? That's not how Christianity works. Amen? We don't just become good at something overnight. We don't, just, we don't just become, the only thing in Christianity that we become overnight is saved. <laughs> because once we make the decision to follow Jesus, we're instantly saved. But the things that we work on in life, and the things, and even being a witness to people, Amen. There might be some time when you went and you, and you talked to somebody, you prayed, and you came back, you said, oh, I shouldn't have said that, and that sounded really bad. The Lord doesn't care about that. He cares about your heart. He cares about that you, that you went over there and that you prayed for that person or that you witnessed that person. I'll tell you what, you're not going to be the perfect prayer the first time you pray, right? It takes time. The more you do it, amen, the easier it becomes, the more confident you are, Amen. And the more you realize it's not about me, it's about the Lord. It's about, all right, Lord, you show up in this situation. I want to be your vessel, but you show up. You get the increase. We're human. We're going to, you know, we're always going to get it right the first time. But if you identified the problem, you know, say you have a habit and you identified the problem, that's a good first step. And then once we identify it, then it's like, okay, Lord, help me with this. Deal with me with this. Then you can start, all right, what scriptures, you know, are going to help me with this? Amen. What should I be praying for for my own life? Interestingly enough, we can pray for ourselves. Amen. It's not selfish to pray for yourself. In fact, when Jesus, before he went to the cross, he didn't pray for the disciples first. He didn't pray for everybody else first, or other believers. He prayed for himself first. Amen. He needed to make sure he was spiritually ready before he could start praying for other people. But it wasn't selfish. Amen. When a plane's going down, they always say, you know, put the the breathing apparatus on yourself first so that you can help other people. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're going to talk to somebody, say if somebody's going through a rough, rough part in their marriage, but you don't have your own marriage ready, well, you're not going to be very much help. Amen? We want to work on ourselves as well. The devil is going to try to tell you that you should be doing better or you should have kicked that habit by now. The devil is going to tell us anything to make us feel worthless. 
And how many times have you been trying at something and you failed and that thought comes, I'm never going to get this. You know, or, or this, is a mis- this is, you know, um, this is a waste of time. That's the devil. The devil gives us those thoughts. Never God. Amen. But you're not worthless. If you're sitting here, the, here today and the devil's trying to make you feel guilty for doubting something, remember that you know, the disciples doubted Jesus for three and a half years. <laughs> Amen. What, what, did I, what did they go on to do? Peter went on to do great things for the Lord. Amen. Thomas, you know, he doubted him even after everybody told him that he was resurrected. He went on to do great things in India. Amen. Preach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus is patient with us. Amen. As you seek the Lord and read his word, that doubt will leave. Amen. So you might, there might be something in your life that you're thinking, um, you know, I really, I really, um, you know, why would God do this for me? I doubt that he would ever do this for me. Or, or, you know, don't, Lord, don't waste your time on me on this, because I'm, I'm just never going to change in this area. The Bible says in James 1.6, Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So ask in faith and not doubting what the Lord, what he's going to do. Amen. It says that we're like, if we doubt, we're a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. We don't have any control. If we doubt in, in the Lord, then it's like, okay, well, maybe it'll happen, but maybe it won't. It says we become double-minded. But when we trust in the Lord, and we have faith that he will perform what he says he's going to perform, we're really like a ship that's steady, that's on course. Amen? That you're, you're in charge of where the rudder is going to go. Amen? Doesn't mean doubt won't try to come. Amen. Satan even tried to guilt trip Jesus. If you are the Son of God, or by doubting, if you are the Son of God. He was saying, are you really the Son of God? I don't think you are. But if you are, what did Jesus say? He he didn't say, I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? It is written. Amen. The best way to combat doubt is through the word. Amen. Not by, you know, not by saying, you know, I have wisdom, I have wisdom, I have wisdom. No, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, anybody that lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Amen. Maybe, maybe you don't have a lot of wisdom. Maybe I don't have a lot of wisdom. You know, maybe, maybe I really am hurting in this. You know, it's not enough just to, just to try to um, it's not enough just to speak good things, or not enough just to, just to call things that aren't as though they are, but you want to get into the Word. Amen. You want to speak the Word. That's where, that's all those, you know, the verses, speaking those that aren't as though they are, those all come from the Bible. Amen. So as we get into the Word, and as we tell the devil no, the Bible says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <clears throat> Amen. No, the Bible says through faith and patience they inherited the promise, so that's what I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. Once we do that, then, then the devil, the, the darts that try to come at us, we have our shield of faith up, aren't going to get through. Amen. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Don't get discouraged when something isn't going how you want it to go. Hasty decisions can bring discouragement while patience can encourage your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to look at five things that we get out of being patient. And we'll end kind of with this. I'm going to end a little earlier tonight today. We'll see. The patience, the first thing that patience brings is wisdom. Proverbs 14.29 says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly or lack of good sense or foresight. Amen. The, um, the Aramaic, so I, I dug way into the cellar to get a couple of these translations, but, but looked them over, they looked good. The Aramaic, Bible, the Aramaic Bible in plain English translation says, He that is patient is very wise, and he that is impatient is very foolish. That's about as simple as you can get. The God's Word translation says, A person of great understanding is patient. But a short temper is the height of stupidity. <laughs> Amen? I love that, though. Whoever has, is patient has great understanding. Because if you make a rash decision, instead of being patient, you might not have all the facts. You might have all, all the data on a decision that you have to make. But if you wait and you're patient, you're like, okay, well, I, I hear that. I'm going to wait for more facts to come in, more data to come in. It makes, helps you make a sounder decision. Have you ever rushed to judgment before knowing all the facts? Or made a decision and then looked back and said, ah, that probably wasn't the right decision. I didn't know, I didn't know this. <laughs> Amen. You know, with the kids, there's been times where I've, I've rushed to a conclusion. And then when I hear all the facts, it's like, oh, I guess that wasn't so bad. And then I have to apologize and... Or have you ever shown patience and looked back and said, wow, I can't believe I exhibited so much patience. That had to be God. <laughs> Amen? I've done both. Patience helps make sound decisions because it waits for understanding of a problem or a choice. Amen? Patience helps us step back and see all the data before making a choice. So if you're, if any big, any big decision especially, you know, if you seek the Lord and you, and you just don't, most of the time, if you wait on a decision, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's probably less risky to wait than it is to make just the this, this decision right away. There are exceptions to that. But just try it. If there's a decision that you're wrestling with right now, just, just kind of step back and, and wait and say, okay, what are my options? Lord, help me make this decision. Give me wisdom to make this. And I guarantee you, that as you, as you go through the process, you're going to feel more and more comfortable with it unless, and, um, as opposed to just going with the first decision. Amen? Number two, patience brings peace. Proverbs 15:18 says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. The Good News Translation says, hot tempers cause arguments, but patience brings peace. Amen. There's something calming about not having to make a quick decision. Have you noticed a lot of times, you know, if you get like a, if somebody calls you and it's like a spam call or email, it's like, you know, take advantage of this now. Like trying to rush you into, into a decision to, to make us, you know, feel like we have to do it. God will never rush you into a decision. 
Amen. God will never tell you, you have to do it now, you have to do it now, you have to do it now. No, God gives us chances. He gives, he's, he's quick with us. He, it's not like, when I say God's always on time, even when he speaks to us, he's not going to tell us something and be like, yep, right now, do it now. No, he'll tell us something, and then we meditate on it. He wants us to use wisdom. He wants us to be patient, or else it wouldn't have been a part of the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. And he gives us time to pray, to really seek him, you know, to, to figure out how to do it. Amen. He's never going to, you know, put you into something that you're anxious about. Amen. He might call you to do things that you, at one point, you're uncomfortable with. But by the time that he, he has you doing those things, he's going to give you a peace. Amen. He doesn't want us doing things and, and being anxious. I know when I feel rushed and I don't have the time to pray about it, I can make some poor decisions. When we were looking, again, like I said, when we were looking to buy a, buy a house a couple years back, I had multiple, multiple opportunities just to screw it up, you know, to, to not wait on the Lord. And I, we almost did. There was a couple houses that just did not look good for us. And I was like, but we wanted, a house, we wanted to buy a house so badly. And I was like, well, you know, you try to, and you're like, you think it's God because, like, you're trying to be optimistic about it. And, but it's really not. And so you're like, well, you know, so what? We saw a snake in the basement. You know, the Lord says if, if we handle serpents, they won't hurt us. So. so you try to reason with yourself, like, so what? It just looks like a hole in the ground. We don't need a, we don't need a basement. Uh, we have six people. Two bedroom is fine. Amen. You kind of trick yourself into being optimistic about something. I'm so glad I waited, though. <laughs> Amen. We have to know when to do what. Amen. We have to know when, you know, the Lord is really telling us, you know, don't look to the left or the right. Don't look at the bad things. Just keep moving forward. And you have to look at also when the Lord says, yeah, this is a problem. Don't, don't go down this road. But I got a word from the Lord that I always use when looking to make any big purchase now. He said, why are you looking for your Ishmael when I promised you Isaac? And that really, I mean, that was such a profound word to me. Because when I, my, my nature is when I see something, I just want to do it. You know, if I, like, like uh, you know, if I wanted to buy a new car, it'd be like, after service, I'd go and start looking at cars. Just because that's who I am. But no, the Lord has really dealt with me. No, Randon, be patient. Wait till you have the finances. Wait till the right thing comes along. Amen. Trust in me. I'm not going to lead you astray. Amen. When we do things God's way, it just fits. Doesn't it? We have a peace about it. Hallelujah. We can have a peace about any decision that we have to make if we wait for that peace to come. If there's a decision that you have to make and you don't have peace about it, don't make the decision yet. <clears throat> Amen. Even if you're about to sign something or you're about to do something and you still just in your heart, you just don't feel like you should. Oh, man, I got another story here. So there earlier, so long story short, we're, we're, I'm moving over my wireless phone plan. I don't know why I get myself into these, these stories. but um, And so I was like, well, I could really use, we could really use a camera. 
I was like, well, the iPhone 11 Pro has a great camera. So I think, yeah, I think that that's a good purchase. That's, I can justify that to Angeline. And, uh, and so I, I got the iPhone 11 Pro. But the whole time, the purchase like, didn't go very well, and I was like nervous inside, like, I shouldn't really be doing this. Got the iPhone Pro 11, and I look at it, and it's really nice. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, like, it's kind of like one of those things, like, you don't want to drop it because it's like it could break, and then you just, and the iPhone Pro is like $1,200. And I was looking at, I was looking at the camera, and I was like, this isn't that much better than what I have. It was like the Lord telling me, like, Randall, what are you doing? Why are you spending $1,200? You know, and no, I don't know, no judgment on anybody that buys an iPhone 11. I don't want to, I'm not saying that. For our situation, it wasn't the correct purchase. <laughs> But, but, so I'd already done it, and I, I went through, I, and I asked the guy, I said, so, can I take it back if I don't want it? Kind of pre, and he said, yeah, yeah, 14 days. That day, I went back to the store, and I said, yeah, I don't want this. <laughs> Everything was still, you know, good with it. But I tell you what, I really feel like those, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking, saying, Randy, you don't need that. What are you doing? Amen. So no matter what, I think I said all that to say this, even if you feel like you're in so deep where you can't get out, there's always a way out. The Lord always makes a way of escape. Amen? Hallelujah. I get into those stories and it's crazy. Uh, Number three, patience bears good fruit. Luke Luke 8.15 says, But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having the word having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Have you ever bitten into a banana that's still green, that isn't ripe yet? You know, it's kind of hard, and it just doesn't taste quite, quite right. But have you ever bitten into a banana where the, the peel is yellow, and it's ripe, and it's good? Amen? We want to wait. You know, patience, as, as, we be, as we're patient, our fruit starts to grow. As we're patient with different things, it says that, that keep it and bear fruit with patience. I think a lot of times we can get really zealous about our ministry, and we can be really gung-ho to do something for the Lord, but we can get ahead of God. We can get out of his will a little bit. You know, that's what, um, with me, when I, when I really wanted to go to Ramah, that's what I was doing. I was zealous I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted to, be, and I knew the Lord had called me into full-time ministry, but I hadn't consulted the Lord about when that would be. When did when did He want me to do that? Amen. And so I was gung ho to do this, and the Lord kind of said, "Well, no. Why don't you wait? Why don't you do these other things?" You know, I worked at Dactronics for ten years, and I look back, and all that ten years really helped me. You know, with being in positions of leadership and different things, it helped me for the ministry that I'm in today. Amen? So if you think that you're, you know, maybe you feel like you're in a wilderness experience, that you're not doing something that you feel is your ultimate calling on this earth, just be patient. Amen? The Lord can use those things. The Lord can use your current job or your current situation, amen, to get you more comfortable and more confident for what he has called you to do. Amen? Hallelujah. 
If we rush into something that isn't God's will, it's not going to be as good as if we wait. He'll make it work. You know, if we do something, he will make it work because he's patient with us. But it's not going to be as good as if we stay in the perfect will of God. An example of this in the New Testament is in Acts 16, when Timothy, Paul, and Silas was determined to go on their next missions trip. Acts 16.6, it says, Now when they had gone through um, Phrygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So again, they were zealous for ministry. They wanted to go and they wanted to preach the gospel. And they wanted to go to Asia, and the Holy Spirit said, No, don't go to Asia. After they had come to um, Mysia, they, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Again, they tried another door. The door was closed. They didn't try to push against the door. Amen. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Amen. So again, in your ministry, if you feel like you really need to do something, but that door just doesn't feel like it's open, just kind of step back. Pray about it again. The Lord might give you another direction. I mean, in this in this example, you know, in this in this story, Paul got a dream. You know, a dream of a Macedonian man coming and saying, "Help us! We need help." And what? That door was open. They ended up going to Macedonia. Amen. So we want to make sure that we're 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 being sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to know when and when not to do something, when and when not to start a ministry or start, you know, because. I tell you what, everybody in this room has a ministry. Everybody has their own unique ministry. Amen? But trust in the Lord. Wait on the Lord as to when that should start. I mean, not that you're not in ministry right now, but there might be a specific thing that God has put on your heart. Maybe it is to travel. Maybe it is to go on a missions trip. Maybe it's to be um, an administration of a church or or. Um, a deacon of a church or an usher or, you know, whatever. You know, whatever your ministry is, just wait on the Lord. When opportunity comes up, you know, then you can, you know, go for it. Wait, to, wait for that open door. Amen. Hallelujah. Who knows what, have, what would have happened if they didn't wait on the vision sent by the Holy Spirit. All we know is that they waited on the Lord and stayed in His will for their ministry. Amen. Number four, patience brings strength. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. <clears throat> Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall, uh, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word, wait, is, is the Hebrew word, um, Kava, which means to wait expectingly, expectantly. So again, when we wait for the Lord, it's not just, you know, like, well, I'm just going to do, do nothing. No, we wait, we expect something to happen. Amen? It's like, it's like the, James said about being double-minded. No, we expect something to happen as we wait. Amen? Waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that we sit around and do nothing until the Lord speaks to us. We continue to obey God. I kind of mentioned this, but we can continue to obey God in our everyday lives. We read the word, and he speaks to us through his word. We want to act on what he says. And he speaks to us every day. Every day we can get something from God. 
and we act on it. And then the next day, he speaks something else to us, and we act on it. Amen. It's not going to be this, you know, lightning from heaven coming down telling us, all right, this is what I want you to do. You know, even Elijah, when he, um, when he was running from Jezebel, and, he, and the Lord speaks to him, you know, he was expecting the Lord to speak through the wind. He's expecting the Lord to speak through the fire. But what happened? The Lord spoke in the still, small voice. Amen. Expect the Lord to speak in the still, small voice to you. Amen. If you expect, if, if you listen for the still, small voice, then you're not going to miss the fire or the wind if he decides to speak to you in that way either. Amen. But if, you, if you're expecting the fire and the wind and this audible voice from the Lord, it's easy to miss the still, small voice that he's going to speak to us to, more often than not. Continue to praise him through any tribulation and any success. Always, constantly praise him. Even back, actually, I actually do want to go through, go to the scripture, um, the one in Matthew. What was it? Yeah, Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 28. I didn't put this up on the board, but Matthew 28:17. Uh, Are you getting something out of this today? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew, 16, Matthew uh, 28, 16, and 17, it says, Then the 11, 11 disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. It's, a, it's, it's amazing, and it, it's interesting to know that, it's, that the church's great commission started with worship. What was the first thing they do when he told them they worshipped him? Amen? In our own lives, whatever he's called us to do, worship him. Amen. That's, that's some, you can take that one to the bank. Whenever we worship, whenever we have a heart of praise towards the Lord, things will happen in our life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Whenever we have a heart of worship to the Lord, we'll draw, we draw near to the Lord. And he draws near to us. Amen. So always, always have a worshiping heart. Whether, whether the, you know, what's going on in your life is good or bad or, or indifferent, always be worshiping, always be praising Always be expecting the Lord to do good things in your life. And he will. He shows up. Amen. And the last one here, number five, the fifth thing that patience does is it brings maturity. James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, Incomplete, lacking nothing. So being perfect doesn't mean that we're sinless, but perfect in this in this um, verse right here means that we have spiritual maturity, that we're mature spiritually. Amen. If we can patiently wait for God's promises, we are being mature. If we can be patient with others and with ourselves, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we're going to go through life and not have any problems. But it shows that we're ready for whatever God has called us to do. Because in God's, in God's house, in his, in his um, church, we work with people. You know, it's, it's all about working with people. It's all about being with people and, and uh, conversing with others and fellowshipping with others and eating with others. You know, 
Bassett always says that the Lord did it. Jesus did a lot of ministry around food. You know, so our ministry is to people. Amen. No matter what, no matter what area of ministry people go in, our ministry is to people. Amen. We talk with people. We witness to people. Amen. Patience isn't something that we can just get on our own, but by the grace of God and the example that Jesus gave us. Amen. Try to get patience on your own. It won't work. I've tried it. I'm sure I've tried, tried it multiple times. It's like, okay, Randy, just be patient. Just be patient. But no, what I need to do, I need to, to look you know, to my Father. I need to look to Jesus and say, hey, I, help me with this. I can't do this on my own. And that's how life is. You know, we, don't, we can't do things on our own. You know, the Bible, you know, without faith, it's impo- impossible to please God. Amen. So when we have faith in God to help us in our infirmities, to help us in our weaknesses, the things that we're not quite there yet spiritually on, amen, he is faithful to do those things. Amen. He's always faithful to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you for today, and Lord, we do, we ask for your help, that we can be patient, Lord, in our lives, patient in our ministries, Lord. We know that you don't leave us hanging. We know that you are a God of more than enough, Lord, so if we ask for patience, you'll give us more than enough. Hallelujah. We thank you for the the wonderful things that you have for our lives. We thank you for all the promises that you have that haven't come to pass, but that will come to pass. We thank you that you daily load us with benefits, Lord. That you bless us with every spiritual blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you that we don't have to doubt in our own abilities. We don't have to doubt that what you said will happen. But we can have faith in you. We can have faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, that that eventually, Lord, at some point, we'll enter into eternity with you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for just a great rest of the day for everybody here, Lord, that you bless them, that you continue to instruct us, Father, in every single way. And we thank you for just a great um, day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.